Hi folks, it's Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't, coming to you once again from Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, high atop the Highway 7 Ridge Line from TSPN, the Survival Podcast Network Headquarters. Today is Wednesday, January 11th. This is episode 818 of the Survival Podcast, and it's going to be a cool show today. The show I gave you yesterday hopefully inspired you to prep. But some of the factual stuff on the ground was kind of a downer. Today's show should be fun. I have Greg Yao standing by waiting to come on. Greg is an awesome guy. He is the guy that wrote The Revolution Is You. He says I co-wrote it with him. I think I wrote about three words of that song. Uh, and then we co-wrote uh, What Have You Done, which some of you have heard, some of you haven't. You're going to hear part of it today. Uh, and he has, runs a website called Revolution Rock and Roll. He has a new song that he's releasing today called 50 Cal. And I think that's really cool. And uh, he's also someone that's been through a pretty big transformation, and TSP's been part of it. And we're going to talk about his music and his website today, but we're going to also talk just a lot about, about how living a different life has changed his life and advice that he has for some of you younger listeners out there. Let's say you guys that are sub-30, especially some of you guys who are maybe sub-25, sub-20. Uh, before I do that, though, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one today. Western Botanicals. You know, when I need something herbal and I don't have it in my home or my backyard or my cabinet, I just hook on over to www.westernbotanicals.com and guess what? I find it there every single time. And when I don't know what I need, but I know I need something, I pick up the phone and I call Western Botanicals and then they tell me what I need and they help me make a great decision and they send it on out to me and they do an outstanding job and they have always taken excellent care of us. They also take good care of you guys because if you're a member of the support brigade, you get to perform Preferred membership for free. First year of that is 50 bucks for everybody else. You get it for free. That pays for your membership alone, and that gives you 25% off everything they sell. So how awesome is that? Um, so check out Western Botanicals today. They're real people that really answer the phone right here in America that really care and will help you figure out what you need to improve your health the herbal way. Next up today, KnifeKits.com. KnifeKits is awesome because anybody can go to KnifeKits and get whatever they need to start building knives. If you have no idea what you're doing, you can go there and get a DVD, you can get a kit-style knife, some handle material, and with some hand tools and some real basic power tools, uh, you can get to work and you can build a knife and you can see it step-by-step step how to do it. If you are a master bladesmith and you want something like, you know, Mammoth Tusk, like my neck knife was made out of uh, by Patrick and MT Knives, you can get that. You want Damascus steel? You can get that. You want steel to do your own steel laminate blades? You can do that. You want some high-end, crazy horn material off of some rare African animal? You'll probably find it there, too. Western, I mean, KnifeKits.com is the place to go if you want to either get started in or take your knife making to the next level. And remember, they have a catalog that you can have sent in the mail that's kind of cool to page through versus sitting on the website looking at things one at a time. So you might want to get that catalog while you're there. They'll send it to you absolutely free. Next up, remember, you can connect with me on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Those are the best social media outlets to get in touch with me on, folks. You can link to all of them from the survivalpodcast.com. Last but not least, do consider joining the Member Support Brigade. If you do that, you get exclusive content 
Only available to members. You get discounts to over 30 vendors like the one I just mentioned with Western Botanicals. And you'll be supporting the show at 20 cents an episode. Military, law enforcement, Peace Corps, active duty, or prior service. If that's you, email me at jack at the survival podcast dot com with the, with the words veteran discount or service discount in the uh, subject line. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your service, where you worked, what you did, and I will email you back with a special discount code just for you to thank you for your service to our country. On that note, talking about service to our country, the guy we're bringing on right now really is a patriot. His name is Greg Yose. Again, he and I co-wrote The Revolution Is You, and we co-wrote a song called What Have You Done? And uh, he's got a new song out called 50 Cal. He describes himself as a simple songwriter. He says the uh, the hippies in the 60s had their protest bards in the form of Bob Dylan, the Birds, Janis Joplin, John Lennon, the list goes on. He ain't claiming to have their skill, but he has just as much passion for his cause, and that cause is making sure his kids enjoy freedom from the tyrannical, overtaxing nanny state governments that are currently plaguing our nation. Great guy, great friend. Hey, Greg, welcome to the Survival Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I understand from a uh, a remote location, as they would say today. That's right, a secret remote location. Uh, I think I'm within about five blocks of Alex Jones' secret remote, remote location here in Austin, Texas. Uh, you had to skip out on lunch to be with us today, so I appreciate you getting <laughs> up and uh, being here uh, today. But uh, for folks that maybe, you know, I guess, you know, People should know you because we collaborated on a couple songs, including The Revolution Is You, that we play every day. But can you tell people just a little bit about yourself, your, you know, kind of your background, how you ended up where you're at today in Austin? Well, I, I went to uh, high school uh, in Deep Woods, East Texas, and um, the music scene just wasn't that great there, and graduated and headed on out to uh, the University of Texas in Austin um, to get a degree that wouldn't take me away from my primary reason from being there, which was uh, to get in a rock and roll band and go on tour and get famous. Um, <laughs> so uh, I majored in communications, uh, me and most of the football team, um, to get out of that. Uh, you know, I didn't want to have to do a lot of homework. And it sort of, you know, <laughs> I, I did some art, uh, art uh, radio, television, film stuff, too, as well, and worked at some radio stations. So that's how I got into Austin, and then um, pretty quickly after I moved here, started playing in bands and, and actually realizing my uh, original dream, um, also realizing that uh, it's it's not all it's cracked up to be, in, and in a lot of cases, it's pretty slimy business all around, and that's changed, I think, over the years, especially with uh, the technology the way it is, and um, you can really bypass a lot of those uh, hurdles that were just such a pain to deal with, like record labels and um, studio engineers and owners and uh, and managers and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm actually really excited on how you're beginning to build out your personal brand and, and your music. And I want to talk to you to, to you about that in just a bit. But I want to kind of start out with, I mean, a lot of people are making music in this genre now because I think there's a lot of interest in the, the prepper patriot genre. But you're a patriot and you're a prepper, and you've undergone quite a transformation to come into that world. Maybe you could tell people a little bit about how that happened. Well, I can I can tell you that um, Revolution Rock and Roll, the idea hit me uh, while on a run, and I was listening to uh, TSP, and I believe it was one of your early podcasts from the car, and I think you were talking about you know finding a niche, finding a business, and um, and then we had talked uh, about it as well, and that 
you know, I reserved the domain name and I started writing some songs that, that really I think could, um, could fit well in, into that genre because it was, it, it's what I feel. And of course, you know, the best songs you write, I, in my opinion, are the ones that, that you really believe in. And, and, you know, that's, that's kind of how it started with the brand. And then, um, you know, I've, I've been slowly writing songs and adding to the catalog. Uh, as you know, very absolutely, slowly. yeah, kind of slowly. But I mean, you've made some other big changes though in your personal life, is what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the same time, you know, I, that's when I started really doing my prepping and and uh, storing food and uh, beginning to uh, make make real plans. And, and of course, I was really hooked on um, on the threat probability matrix. To me, that made the most sense. Out of anybody else's plan, um, you know. Of course, I started with a three-inch book about, you know, how to prepare for everything, and uh, was extremely overwhelmed. And I think I even called in on an earlier show and asked about where do I start, you know. And and uh, at that point, I had already taken a big step and didn't even realize it by getting out of debt. And you know, that that's kind of what what really got me excited was that I realized that I was already starting down the path and just needed to kind of, uh, you know, start with the most likely scenarios that, that, that might occur to me, my family and in our region and then, um, you know, spreading out from there. So started with food, started with gardening, uh, square foot gardening. It's all I had room for, uh, in our backyard at the time. And, uh, now, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've really gotten into, um, into some of the permaculture that you're talking about and, uh, and, and talking with folks, uh, about that. And actually, uh, one of your listeners, and I'll, I'll, his name just escapes me right now, but sent me an email. He's a friend of yours, uh, that does, uh, gardening. And he wants me to write a song about, you know, how gardening is, a is, a, your own form of liberty. Would it be Jason Akers? That would be, that would be Jason. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. So we, we're going to maybe collaborate on something too. So it's kind of just kind of built on itself and it's, it's a lot like, you know, once you get the ball rolling, uh, you know, you just got to, you got to keep with it and be persistent. And, you know, there were some times when I was kind of ready to, to move on and do something else, but, uh, you know, it's been, it's been definitely worth my while to, to stick with it and, and hopefully I'll get this record out soon and, and really be able to start working the, you know, the marketing machine, get it out there. Yeah, and you worked hard on 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 your debt so far. What's that meant to you and your family? So I imagine some sacrifice to begin with. It's been huge. I mean, I went with the, the Ramsey program, um, pretty much uh, financial peace university stuff. And uh, while I'm kind of with you, there's a couple of things that I'm not really happy with. Specifically, um, not having um, any kind of credit rating at all uh, really kind of came to bite me in the ass when we were buying a new house. But um, the uh, the freedom that you get, you know, the, the ability to put that cash away every month into an account, and and the, you know, not necessarily knowing what to do with it, uh, but just just building it up, and then when you do figure out what you need, uh, when you figure out your plans and your preps that you need, um, you have access to that money, and you know, and you're not you're not throwing it away uh, to a car payment or, you know, really right now all I have is my mortgage. Um, yeah, there there is a hole there with the the credit rating to a degree, and there's some ways around it. the The problem I think is that people get into a mess first, and then it takes them a lot longer to save up that down payment. But I can tell you for a fact, if we would live the way that that guy teaches from the beginning, versus figuring it out when we're in our thirty somethings, 
um, when you walked up to a bank at 26 years old and said, I want to buy a $100,000 house, and they said, you had no credit rating, you said, well, I got 30 grand to put down on it, they'll throw money at you. Exactly. But exactly. we don't end up in those situations because we go on the trap first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and what happened to me was that, you know, I hadn't had a credit card in so long that, uh, or any kind of revolving debt that, uh, I think it was a $50 emergency, one of those emergency clinics, for my daughter got, uh, you know, something happened, squashed her finger in the door or something. And, uh, you'd think I'd remember something like that, <laughs> but I don't. And I don't, I never, I never got a bill for it. And, uh, it ended up in collections for $50 and it cost me about, uh, I don't know, a couple of tenths of percentage point on my mortgage. And, and, uh, that hurts. Yeah, it hurts. So, you know, you got to be careful with that. But overall, you know, I think it's definitely worth doing. I agree. So, hey, man, um, as all this went on, you did start up Revolution Rock and Roll, and uh, what kind of challenges have you faced, and uh, what do you know now that we should, wish you'd known back when you started? <laughs> well, it's taken me, I guess, a, a couple of years now, or a year and a half, um, to actually figure out a process, and, and one of the most valuable things uh, that's making my, my song output, uh, you know, Increase, and I'm, I got this one that I'm releasing today, and I'm going to have another one hopefully next week. Uh, is starting to leverage folks like uh, Matt McCabe, who's another TSP listener, um, and really is is much better at the mixing process than me. You know, it would it adds uh, tons of time when you're finished with laying down tracks to mix, and you know, I can send my tracks off to Matt uh, Matt through the internet, and he can. Uh, he can mix it down while I'm working on the next tune, and I'm um, starting to leverage some of these. You know, outsourcing certain things uh, has really is something I want to do more of. I'm um, obviously you can't outsource the writing of the song, but there's a there's a lot you can outsource. Yeah, I mean Gary Vanderchuk, one of uh, I think both of us are very very fond of him. Says yeah. the only thing I will not outsource is content creation, and I will outsource anything else I can figure out how to do. But what I think is cool is the circles that are forming within these communities. So now you're working with another listener who's your mixer, and you've got Jason Akers, who I'm good friends with, that you're collaborating on another song with, and this all springs out of this community here. And like just yesterday, we had uh, Darby ride in and. He started carrying because a story came in about a guy carrying that defended his family against four thugs, and then he got, you know, basically somebody tried to jack his truck, and he was able to, and, and there's like millions of these little circles forming within these communities and sub-communities, and I just think it's cool, and I'm really glad it was you that wrote the song for the show, because that, you're part of this community. Oh, it was fun, and, and, you know, I, I, I was honored to, to be able to do that, uh, with you, and, and, to me, you know, it, it's really a lot of fun to co-write and, and to bounce ideas off and kind of have a finished product. And you know, I'm I don't I try not to have much of an ego when it comes to that, but uh, you know, most musicians do. <laughs> uh, but I love co-writing, and I wish I could do more of it. But right now, the the biggest hurdle is just time. And you know, I'm working a full-time job with two kids at home, and I'm the scout leader, and you know, I got to go to the range every week. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so you know, it's just a matter of uh, working in the time. But you know, I'm learning how to block my time off better, um, how to schedule tighter, and you know, I I'd love to someday be able to just uh, do um, this type of work. You know, I I've got another a couple of internet-based uh, businesses that are really in the in the early early seed stages, like um, the Threadlining.com. Uh, for extreme ultralight fishing was another niche that I kind of fell across and 
and uh, that's kind of building up an audience. So, um, you know, most of it was inspired, uh, you know, by by wanting to be independent, and and I got that from uh, from TSP pretty much. Yeah, and I mean, we've we've talked a lot as you're doing this, and I get people sometimes saying, "What do you think of my site? What do you think about what I'm doing?" And they want like consulting and all. You can tell some of those people they may not want to keep asking because they might get it. I'm not exactly nice sometimes in those situations. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're berating me over the, over the years for uh, not finishing songs has really helped to uh, motivate me to get in the studio and finish. Uh, but I'll, I, I hope people understand sometimes. I know I come off like that in comments on the blogs and stuff, like just do it and quit being a dumbass or whatever. And, and, and I'm actually, I only do that with people that I love. If I don't care about you, I won't even respond <laughs> to you. But it's just like I see so much potential in so many people, and I want, I'm like my grandfather, you know. He was, you'd come home and you got second place, and he'd go, ah, you should have got first. <laughs> and if you got first, he'd like, well, how much did you win by? That's not enough. I mean, you know. And, and he was actually happy for you, but he wanted you to push yourself. And man, I've seen that lately. And you've you've been cranking out some songs. One we got done in time for Veterans Day. I want to play a little bit of that now. And this is one that we worked on together. I feel like we actually collaborated on this more than we did the Revolution as you. So yeah. Play a little bit of uh, of what have you done, and then we'll uh, we'll come back and chat a bit about that. Okay, great. I got a story about it too. Shot heard round the world Called up those British bastards That put me to the sword Well I died a lowly subject The king and monarchy Yeah I'm the first American Who made this country free What have you done with my country? What have you done with the founding truth? I gave my life so you could be free And this is how, yeah, this is how you repay me. Well, I hit that beach of running with an M1 in my hand before I got to cover up. So that's about the first verse of the song, and if you want the rest of it, you can go to Revolution Rock and Roll and you can get the song. Um, but that kind of started, Greg. I emailed you one day a long time ago and said, wouldn't it be cool if we did some kind of a story that starts out like the American Revolution and progresses through the wars of, that the United States has been in up to today? And then you kind of eventually ran with that, and we kind of threw some stuff back and forth, and we ended up with, with that song. And it's kind of got like a country rock backbeat thing going on. You know, what, what were you thinking as you were putting that song together, and what's the story you got to tell us? Well, the first, well, really, the story was just that the first email you sent went more like, I was in the pool drinking some beers, and I came up with this idea. So <laughs> I didn't want to leave that out. That's all right. That's, so the, that, that is true. I, I forgot about it, but you're right. I was sitting back in my pool drinking some beers. Well, that's yeah. how my mind works. I'm always thinking about stuff like that. I am too, and, and that's how it works. And then, and then, so, you know, when I, when I think of a, a a topic of a song, you know, I don't really like, I like to use a lot of, um, suggestive, uh, alliteration and, and I don't like to just go out and write the, you know, you know, verbatim what I'm thinking. You know, you really want your, your listeners to sort of have to think about it a little bit. Um, and that one, that one turned out like that, you know, when I, when I started putting it together and the verses just, the verses really fell together nicely and you helped me out, I think, 
immensely with with sort of focusing that we really had like six verses, and the hard part was choosing what we're going to keep and what yeah, we get rid we, of. Right? Do we want to go into the Vietnam era? Do we want to go into you know? Do we want to stay? Do we want an eight and a half minute song that no one <laughs> listens to the whole thing? Or yeah. Well, yeah, that was my response back to you. In most cases, was hey, you got to have a bridge here. You got to break it up. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's a, you know a lot of a lot of songwriters, um, especially new songwriters, will that they'll come up with a great idea, and each verse will be so great that they end up you know putting them all in. Yeah, yeah. and you have a really long song. I see a lot of that at coffee shops and stuff. The big thing I wanted was to have something at the end that had a sense of justice because. Um, you were you were real clear that you didn't want to make that song about like another sappy ballot taking advantage of the troops. You wanted to be honest at the disgust uh, that some of them today have and some of them from the past definitely would have. But I also wanted like some closure at the end that there was some thing, and that's where the meet your maker part came in. And I just thought like we needed something to tell people there's a reason to keep pushing on. Right, and you know, I think Toby Keith has all the flag waving songs uh, covered pretty good. Um, you know, I just I wanted folks, and I think we wanted folks to think a little bit more about. And to me, it really affected uh, affected me because I I think about if we if we start to lose these liberties that they fought for. I mean, really, what did they die for? And and uh, we're going to have to answer to them if you believe the way I believe. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and I'm I'm not I'm not a mainstream religious guy. I have my own spiritualish form of spirituality, but I believe that there's that, that if there's justice in the universe, that there's a reckoning for everybody, and even if that reckoning's for yourself, eternity is a long time to live with it with yeah. yourself, and, and I believe that that's there, and. I also believe that those those folks that, that that laid down their lives for us are still at least somewhat aware of what we're doing, and it, hopefully the other side you're not that attached to this side anymore. But <laughs> it, I believe there's an awareness there, and some of the disgust, you know, uh, you know, your people aren't free. Mm-hmm. Uh, take the printed money and buy a big TV. I just thought, I mean, you were hitting like home run after home run in that song. And, and I'm thinking that's exactly like the guy that grew up with a dirt floor is going, this is what you're concerned about, 140 versus 130 channels and a 52 versus a 50-inch plasma. You're both purchasing with money you do not have. Exactly, exactly. That was kind of a, a shot at, at the credit problems that we're seeing um, individually and, and with uh, you know the, the governments of the world. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely. And... Um, I mean, what was, uh, what, what, cause I, I wanted to bring something in with the Revolutionary War, definitely. Um, but the thing that I thought was so awesome, cause I always think of it as, you know, we had this revolution that we basically declared our independence and we said we're the United States versus, or actually these, these states united as, the, as they termed it back then versus colonies. But the war started before that happened. Right. And the first guy to die for this country died before it was a country. You know, yeah. Massachusetts is my country, sir, that type of thing. Um, and, and, you know, what kind of led you there? Is it just like, uh, have you been involved with Appleseed? Because it, re- it was really hitting hard that you took it back that far. Yeah, I think I, think I definitely have been getting involved with Appleseed, um, especially with a nine-year-old, you know, trying to get him out shooting. Um, 
and that had that did have a lot to do with it. But yeah, it it to me the whole thing starts with the Revolutionary War and and what what those guys originally fought for, which was you know the freedom to uh, uh, to pursue those those uh, you know the happiness that they deserved and, and their freedom of religion and speech and all the things that we have now or or had. Um, Correct. So, uh, well, and I mean that's the other thing, right? So, like, we think today when we send guys off to fight a war, whether and we can get into the politics, but there's just no point because uh, to me, there's places where conflict is justified and places where somebody wants something and our guys get used. But that doesn't matter when the guys are, and we'll kind of get into that when we talk about your song you're releasing today. Um, but the, the 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 bigger issue is that those guys back then weren't fighting to preserve a freedom. They were fighting for something we can't even conceive of today to establish a freedom. Yeah, exactly. That that is a huge difference. They had never had it before, and I can't imagine what was going through their heads. I mean, it, it had to be exciting. At the same time, um, it was probably uh, scary, scary as hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it, it was it was something that that was worth dying. Of course, Braveheart came on the other night, and I, I, it kind of took me back to the same place. Yeah, I um, watched it too, man. It was, it was on like one, like somewhere in the one twenty channel brackets in on Dish Network. I don't remember. Yeah, if it was Bravo or something like that. Exactly, and uh, and you know that kind of brought to mind. The Revolutionary War, and I think there's a lot of parallels there. Um, and, and those guys, when, especially when they're sitting on the hill, you know, and here comes the British Army, and they're going, "Well, you know, maybe we, maybe this uh, this persecution thing isn't as bad as we really thought, you know." But you know, in the, the Revolutionary War, they decided, you know, it is. It's, it's going to be worth it, and uh, it's really sad if we've lost that 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 same spirit. And I think a lot of people. In this country, have frankly, yeah, and I mean, you got to think back to the, these were farm boys, you yeah. know, these were people that worked in a mill, these were people that uh, were apprentices to a silversmith. I mean, that that were not trained soldiers, and they were standing against the most powerful army in the world. In today's world, it would be like a bunch of uh, you know. Boo blacks or something standing up against the United States military. That's exactly the armament levels different, but the training level and the professionalism and the resources. That's it's the exact same scenario. Yep, yep. And uh, sometimes I'm surprised that it doesn't happen to us more often. Of course. Yeah. You know there are some situations where you could argue that we did lose to a much smaller army. Um, sure. It, you know, yeah. And I, um, here, here's what I don't think people get: a lot of these places that we go into to fight, their idol is Washington. Right. They, they look at George Washington. They say the thing. That you, in, I remember that this young guy that worked with me one time at a company, and he in light, you know, he was it was very uh, encouraging to see how smart this kid was because he was like 21 years old, and this was only a few years ago, and uh, he said, you know. We were talking about you know why we won the Revolutionary War, and I said, well, why do you think we won? He said, because we ran away. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. And I actually asked him to explain it. And he actually understood what he was saying that we wore them out by running away, dragging them through swamps, uh, and not engaging directly. And that's exactly the type of warfare that's fought against us today. Yeah, I know. It, it seems like uh, over the years we would have learned that um, uh, that that type of warfare tends to work better. Uh, you know, through the centuries, I don't know why we keep um, shipping tank after tank, except for that they're getting, uh, you know, there's somebody getting paid to build them. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's a great segue into your song you're releasing today called 50 Cal." 
Yeah. Let, let's uh, let's pause for a second and listen to uh, maybe 30, 40 seconds of that, and people can get the whole song if they want to uh, after they uh, after they listen to this episode. Okay. out for unsavory men I've got a laser and I've got a helmet I've got a duty to take my revenge 42 nights ago I saw him coming chasing my sergeant with a beat up AK Sarge turned around but before he could cry out he passed from this world in a 30 cal spray Dead. I've got my M16, my butter and my bread. I want to put a bigger hole in his head. Let's use the 50 caliber instead. So that's a real change of, of beat and tone. Just I'm talking about just the music at this point. It's a much slower, softer song. It's very, very different from the other things you've done. What made you take just yeah. like that, 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 that tempo with it? That, that's one of those songs, and, and I think some of a lot of the songs that I write, they just hit you all at once. Um, I don't know if it's like a show idea or a book that you have, an idea that just hits you, but with... You know, with songwriting, a lot of times, you know, you sit down and I'm trying to be more regimented about my songwriting and do it during certain times. And, you know, some of the greatest songwriters kind of do it that way. Um, and this is one of those where I was just sitting there and had no idea what I was going to play. And that just came out in like half an hour. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I don't normally write or sing that kind of dark, dark, type of song um and frankly it's it's not one that that i expect to win over a whole lot of crowds i i played it for a couple of um well they're they're definitely more liberal uh buddies of mine here in austin and you know they're kind of the jam band type of guys they really like to go and just get stoned and and dance around at stupid shows and and i think i think their comment was that's the worst song i've ever heard wow so I took that as a compliment. I would. <laughs> I would. Because here's the deal. When you're writing a song, right, you either want to, and just like a podcast, I want people to either love it or hate it. Correct. You know, really hate that. Eh, it's okay. You know, that that's the last thing I want to hear. So I, I thought that was a good sign. Now, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you myself, I listen to that song and I think, I'm probably not going to drive down the road in my big F-350 with that blaring uh, cruising down the, the country roads. I look at that and I almost go, that's almost a, a, a song that's played among brothers that actually get it and understand. Mm-hmm. That's a song that I think after about six beers and a nice cigar and a glass of rum sitting on a back deck with a buddy that served along my side that I would listen to. And yeah. at that point, it would have a completely different 
Like I see that as a song where you're talking and then it comes on and everybody just shuts up and listens. Yeah. If you get it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, every every song has its place and you know, I try not to listen to a TSP, you know, while I'm uh while I'm in bed with my wife, so sure. um, <laughs> Talk about a mood killer. You know what would be worse is five minutes with Jack. It would be like trying to, to get busy while a drill sergeant was screaming at you. <laughs> that wouldn't work. It. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> but, that, that's a good, that was a great idea. I hope you continue those. Uh, I definitely. I mean, we're, we're, I'm cranking them out now. Um, but, like, the other side of that is I think a lot of people that are of the political – uh, pacifist mode or even the libertarian mode would say this is like a song that's, uh, that's a flag waving song, you know, get the bastard type song. But you're not really in love with a lot of the decisions that are being made with our military. This isn't like a blind patriotism song. This is a song that really touches because why is this guy in pursuit of his enemy? Because he wants to wave the flag over his body when he's dead or he wants to come home with a medal? No, the guy killed his brother, his sergeant. Yeah. And when you're in that crap, I don't care why you were sent there. It comes down to it's about nobody but the guy next to you. Exactly. And, um, and, and I've gotten some feedback from, uh, another listener that, a TSP listener, uh, when I sent the video out and, and he liked the song, but he said, you know, in a, in a real team situation, and I, I think he was, um, he was probably, uh, either in the Marines or Special Forces. And, you know, he said, well, the song is, is not quite accurate because you're not gonna, you know, get to go claim revenge on somebody because everything is about the mission. And I totally get that. Sure. But I'm, with the point I'm trying to make with this tune, I guess, is that it's sort of more to, more of the horrors of war. Sure. And the stuff that this guy has to do, um, that really, uh, you know, he would never even think about doing probably, uh, except for that once you're in that theater, um, he's just, he's, he's kind of, uh, lost it a little bit, and and I'm not so sure it's not about somebody who is going rogue. Yeah, uh, perhaps a wall um, to to get revenge, and I don't know that that doesn't actually happen. It, but, it probably does. And here's what I love about a, gr- a great song can have multiple meanings. So I can also look at that and see it as the depersonalization that happens in warfare. So maybe I'm a sniper. Maybe my my sergeant was killed last week. Maybe I'm going to blow the shit out of somebody with a 50 cal, and I'm in that state that you're talking about. And maybe the guy that I'm looking out there and using some derogatory term to describe isn't the actual person who did it. Uh-huh. But in my mind, in that moment, that's my action. That's my revenge that they're all the same. Right. And, and I think that's a very dangerous thing that we start to think that way. And that's what the media wants us to do. But it's the reality of combat and a reality of war. Yeah. And I hear it from soldiers coming back. Um, obviously, I have I have a number of friends that have, have served over sees recently and and it is just uh it's a nightmare and some of them have come back wondering you know what the point was and uh you know it's it's when you're over there in the shit then you know it it, uh you you might not know what the point is and i and honestly i still don't know what the point is in some of this some of these these wars that we're supposed to be you know getting out of 
Yeah, I mean, if worse. there's a point, you should be able to tell me what I'm supposed to. See, that's how I always felt as a soldier. That's what I liked about being a soldier is that you never had a job or a task. You had a mission, and a mission had a completion objective, and when it was done, it was done. Right. You might have to kill yourself to get it done, literally, <laughs> right, or figuratively, yep. depending on the situation, but you knew what the objective was, and I don't feel that this country has fought a war with a clear objective since World War II. I agree. Number two was Tokyo and Berlin, baby. That's that's the objective. That's it, the Eagles Nest. <laughs> and when we when we when we do that, then we'll 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 you know help with reconstruction and we'll let these countries take care of themselves and they either float or they sink. Yep. And and everything that we've done since then and we really haven't done it as a declared I guess the first Gulf War technically was de- a declared war, but I mean, I was part of that, and to me, it didn't make any sense. So this guy's this big a threat. We come over here, and we kill. I, I don't think anybody understands how many Iraqi uh, soldiers and citizens were killed in the first Gulf War because it was clean for us on our end, so we didn't care. And we were over there for a few months, and we came back, and everybody cheered, and then everybody forgot, but nothing changed. Right, right. And, and this all ties back into survival and, and trying to keep our – you know, looking at the, the the threat probability matrix, looking at our country uh, as one of those outer rings. Um, you know, I see a lot of these of this this foreign intervention that that we've we've engaged in uh, as a threat to that to that level. And as you know, once you get to those outer rings, it starts to get really scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so you know, I'm not anti-war, but and I'm you know, but but this some of these. Situations that we're in over there, uh, some of these missions, I, I really don't, I really don't get at all. Um, but again, it does have multiple meanings like that, and, and I think one, one of the interesting um, lines I think that brings it home is the, is you know when he's when he actually finds his target and he realizes that guy has a family, um, but so does so does his sergeant. And, yeah, uh, he's got to he's got to take care of it. So, you know, it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a tough song. <laughs> yeah, it is, but I, I, I like it. I want to ask you a question on those regards because I think you and I think very, very similar. I think we're both very, very staunchly supportive of the troops, Absolutely. but very, very questioning in some of the things that they're asked to do. Mm-hmm. One of the statements by the mainstream, especially the mainstream right, that has absolutely made me want to have blood shoot from my eyes <laughs> is you cannot support the troops if you don't support their mission. And I find that, I want to hear what you think, but I find that to be the most ridiculous pile of bullshit I've ever heard because what you're actually saying is I can't support the troops unless I support the clowns that told them to go. Exactly, exactly. It's, it, it's like, uh, you know, not supporting the, the car or the tires because, the, you know, uh, the driver is bad. You know, it's, sure. it's, the, guys, it's the guys up at, up top, and, and really what really gets me is... is the amount of money, just the billions of dollars that are being made by some of these uh, corporations that are that are providing uh, all of the the wartime necessities and um, you know everything down to to Keebler. I got some another case of MREs the other day, and you know there's a Hershey bar and there's M and M's package, and, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but the, the, there's a lot of these MREs out there, and, and uh, in fact, they're living on them now, I think, as they're clearing out Iraq. The ones that are still over there. And, um, you know, they all have name brand stuff in them. And um, it's just, I, I just got to wonder. I just and you know wonder. what? I can tell you, as someone who served back in the early 90s, it wasn't that way then. 
there were 12 MREs and two of them you really didn't want, the ham slice and the omelet with ham, the, yep. the bad ones. <laughs> and, and there was no M&Ms in there or Hershey bars. The only thing in there with a name brand on it was Tabasco. Something. Tabasco, yeah. Yeah, which was probably the best deal they ever made. Well, they knew that if you gave somebody that, you could make anything edible. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's why they gave it to you. And you learn tricks, too. I don't remember, you remember the beef stew? <laughs> and the beef stew would make you have heartburn if you had the greatest constitutional. You was going to give you heartburn, but if you broke up those Chinese star crackers, you know, <laughs> those crackers are like throwing a Chinese star when you threw them to the kids. Yeah. Um, but if you took some of those crackers and bragged them up and stuck them in there, they sucked up whatever was in that stew, and uh, and it kept you from getting heartburn. And and today, I guess it's more of a commercial enterprise. Oh yeah, Hershey's yeah. and Mars and M and M's and. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, who knows? And that's just one example. And don't you wonder, Greg, what the hell they're making that stuff out of that it meets the shelf life requirements? I wondered that when I first opened it. I got these. These were Apex. Uh, let's see, Apex, I guess, um, that I got. Uh, and they, I was real surprised that that was in there. And I can't imagine that surviving the desert. Um, of course, I stripped mine out. And sure. I'm wondering if if those if you know. If the soldiers do the same thing, they just eat the candy and then put the strip versions in their in their uh, you know in their packs to get out when they yeah, go out. And the candy can only work in the rear because yeah. just the heat alone is going to melt it. It's exactly, not edible. You probably give it to kids. Kids don't care if the chocolate's melted. We learned that. We, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, it was in Honduras. You'd go you know, to give away like the, the, cho- the what they always wanted was the, the chocolate and what they wanted was the cocoa mix. You know. Oh yeah. If you, if you, we'd save up twenty or thirty of them in a bag, so we could so it wasn't one kid getting it. And if you were out in a Humvee and you started handing them out, those kids would like press you. You know, you get your leg to be pinned against it, <laughs> flipping out. And I, to me, that's some reason that I've always like. That's part of what drove me back to my roots in my own walk was seeing a place where it was that big a deal to get a flipping envelope of Swiss Miss cocoa. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it's, it's foil wrapped, um, vacuum sealed cocoa powder. It's the same crap you could go down and buy a box for what a dollar fifty or something for. Oh, yeah. And those yeah. kids would beat each other to death for it. I know it. I know it. It's crazy. They, I've seen them. I've seen them do that uh, on TV when the when the soldiers are walking through uh, the little towns over there, and, and just the poverty and and you know that it just seems like you know our money could go for better, yeah, for better things. But you know at the same time, I, I think we should have a, a, a strong military. I'm a little concerned about what's going on with uh, uh, Obama's new plan here with uh, stripping everything down. Um, I haven't seen the details of it yet. I don't know the title or anything yet, but I got an idea for another song for you. Maybe we need a song about the stuff our military does that is exactly like that. You know, I was part of Fortis Caminas back in, in the 90s, which was Strong Roads. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we built 12 miles of road in the middle of no, – there was no one else in the world other than the United States Army Engineer Corps that could have built that road. Exactly. It, it just No one else in the world could have possibly done that. And we finished that road in four months. It was supposed to take six. And I don't think anybody else could have done that. And the commander said, man, we can all go home early, but we're already here. We're already deployed. We already have all the the, the budget and everything. We can stay here and and build schools. And it was one of the very few times in my military career where I saw anything put to a democracy vote. That just doesn't happen in the country. (laughs) But they basically said, you know, a yay or nay, and, and, and the yays had it. And we stayed another two months. And I'm thinking, you know, we get all these bashing of our soldiers for doing what soldiers do in time of war, but we never hear about that. That is a great story, and I, I think that would definitely make a good 
a good song. Don't ask um, how to do it. I don't have any leader lines for you now. No, my brain, my brain's already working on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe I could get, maybe we could make a video. I could get some of the the, uh, the the still photos that I have from back in that time and uh, and scan them in. And I bet other people would be willing to contribute because I know there's a lot of guys out there that served and and we feel like you know our missions that we did all around the world seem more like being in the Peace Corps than being in the military. Yeah, and they make the every one of our soldiers makes the best of what they've been assigned to do or the best of the mission that they can um i think as a as a human being first and and that's what i've seen and uh I agree. So, whether you agree with them being there or not you know i think i think they're making the best of it and yeah. thank god it's us and not somebody else let me stay real clear why i'm so supportive of our guys even when they're sent into something that i'd prefer they not go do if we ever get to like the Clone Wars, you know, like the droid bots or whatever, <laughs> yeah. if you think that the military commits abuses today, if you let those clowns in Washington control robots where they'll do exactly what they're told and there's no judgment on the ground, you will see atrocities. Yep. That, that would make what the Nazis did look like a day at Disneyland. Yep. Yep. And it's That's- those guys there in spite of the situation they're put in, that actually keep a lid on things. And when I hear people say, like, you shouldn't let any good, upstanding young man or woman join the military, I think, well, that's great. We'll just be left with automatons that will do whatever the hell they're told can't think for themselves. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I thank God every day that, uh, you know, I got some, I have some buddies from high school, went Air Force Academy and, and military, their career, and, man, I'm glad they're in there. Um, and I know they're doing their job, and I know they're good good people and you know if we're going to be in these situations you know at least we need to have the best <laughs> yeah it, it's amazing how they change you too my my neighbor up the hill from me her son just went off to air force basic and uh that's eight weeks long and they just went down to san antonio to see him graduate and she said there's a man standing where a boy was eight weeks ago yeah and no, she that, said i don't think there's any other way in the world that could have happened yeah that that's amazing i've heard that line and, and i've heard from other parents when they hear it that that it really got him, <laughs> really choked him up. So, hey, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, because I know you got to get back to the grind. Um, yeah. You you just you just finished something that I'm about to finish. I think I'm about to be 40 in August. You polished off your 30s, right? Big moment, right? So, uh, what did yeah. you tell younger members of our audience about how they should approach life, business, finance, prepping? Uh, what would you have done differently? I would have I would have done a lot differently. Um, but you know you can't go back and and you got to keep looking forward but you know i i think the first thing i would do is not ever get into debt um forget the student loans forget uh you know thinking that you have to go to college right away um you know go out and get some experience um and, and keep yourself educated that way uh you know that's the biggest thing for me because i i, I feel like i you know i could be 20 years ahead of where i am now financially um, I could be almost retired now um, if I had really taken care of my money and and, uh, and really not fallen into some of the traps uh, that just seemed so logical at the time, um, especially student loans. That was a big one for me. Uh, and then, you know, credit cards and, and that kind of thing, just ridiculous. Uh, and I think, I'll tell you, I'm seeing a lot of younger folks. You know, here in Austin, we have a huge university Lots of Ron Paul signs, lots of lots of kids that are awake. Waking up, yeah. And I'm really liking that a lot. I see them in, in front of the Capitol. Um, you know, I've played a few shows, uh, a few um, kind of rallies down there, and um, and I'm really liking what I'm seeing. So 
I hope they keep it up and they get the actual spirit of of what we're talking about. And you know, we're not, we're not the the old granddaddies yet, but yeah, you know, I th- hopefully we're at the age where we can at least give them some good advice. And that that would be my first advice. And second advice would be get a bug out bag and get your kits and um, you know do what you can uh, to get some food um, and and look at it as insurance and. And, uh, and start small and, and, and work up because, uh, I had to kind of, when I, when I sort of woke up to all this, uh, I felt way behind and, and really had a lot of anxiety for a number of years until I felt like I had enough, um, or, you know, an adequate amount of, of, uh, of preps put back. And, um, and, and then this, and right now I'm stressing over the skills. Sure. You know, so, you know, I would really encourage them to, to learn the skills, uh, as much as the prepping. Um, I know Great. Austin has a skills meetup. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, so without ties like family and, and kids, you can get out and do a lot more of that kind of stuff. And you get more years of your life to practice them. There's a difference between learning a skill at 40 and having learned a skill at 20 and practice it till you're 40. You pretty much mastered it at that point. Exactly, exactly. And I think there's something to say. Also, just when you're talking about these kids, you know, it makes me think about how future-looking some songwriters are. I think back in 1982, one of my favorite songs of all time growing up in eastern Pennsylvania was Allentown by Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we saw there was in our region, what's happened, what's happening in our region that is now happening in the country. And it, the line that you made me think of is, so their graduations hang on the wall. They never really helped us at all. They never taught us what was real iron and coke, chromium steel. And <laughs> you listen that. to that and you think, there's Occupy Wall Street. These kids did what they were asked to do. They worked hard. They behaved. They got good grades. I mean, it's almost like that song from 82 absolutely applies to 2012 just it's just not the rust belt of Pennsylvania anymore and the, and the expired coal fields. The, 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 that was from strip mining. That, strip mining ruined Pennsylvania, and a strip mining mentality in, in heavy industry ruined Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And today it's a strip mining mentality in the financial sector that did the same thing to the whole damn country. That's right. That's right. And, and I think, I guess, I guess one more piece of advice, you just kind of, uh, a little light bulb went off, is, is to really, and I'm urging my kid, uh, my older kid uh, to do this is really try to try to figure out a way to become independent and and not not reliant on uh, a job and that that's actually where I am right now I, I would I'm really trying to get away from reporting to someone uh, and, and having my paycheck be dependent even though it's a fairly secure job in quotes um, you know I really want to go for uh, and I think every young person should you know t- take that youth. And take that risk, and go out and, and do something that you really want to do, and, and leverage that that youth. Uh, and, and you know, you don't care about eating ramen a couple nights a week or, or every night, you know, for a year. Uh, it's better than than you know. You see your buddies driving around in BMWs or whatever at, at their first job, but uh, in ten years, you're the one who's going to have the experience to know how to keep a payroll and and how to uh, to actually run a business. And um, and man, we're going to need you in the future. Somebody's going to have to rebuild this mess, and it's going to be entrepreneurs, not government. That's exactly right. And you know, I look at my neighbors. Some guys live next door to me, and neither one of them have uh, college degrees, and they're just as redneck as you can get. And I love them to death. But you know, they started out with a with a uh, uh, pressure washer, <laughs> washing cars after high school, and now they wash 
they have a company with 50 guys that washes every single vehicle on every new car lot between Waco and San Antonio. Wow. Um, and they just, you know, I think they're off in their RV right now. You know, I know a guy that did something similar <laughs> with pressure washing. He started out washing people's driveways. Yep. And he's got about 15 people running around now. He has them completely outfitted with their own trailers and, and he said his business is doing just as well as it ever was. He's, he's actually said that today he's doing more driveways in middle class neighborhoods than upper class neighborhoods. Well, because you know, it's so affordable, but the middle class people can't afford a machine. Exactly. <laughs> so that's not much to have it done. And it, what they do is he said, once we do one driveway, right? The mm-hmm. paper comes out and looks at that driveway and it's bright white. Everybody else is dingy. And, like, you know, and it, I think he's doing like he does this driveway for like 40 bucks. Uh-huh. And just the driveway, the sidewalk, the curbs, the whole thing. And once like two or three of them are done, then you're sticking out and like they'll get a whole cul-de-sac, you know, and they'll spend one day there and they'll, they'll, they'll put down 600 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I did read, um, oh, you had him, you had him on your show, The Millionaire Fast Lane. Oh, uh, MJ DeMarco. Yeah, MJ. I did, I did read his book and it's pretty good too for young people to kind of get them, uh, get them, get more some ideas and sex side of things, you know, the high tech side. It's a little bit more, yeah. But, you know, I tell you one of the fastest growing companies here in Austin is Dog Duty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to pick up the dog crap anymore. Nobody wants to pick up the dog crap anymore. I see the trucks all over town. I mean, unbelievable. You know, in this recession or you know whatever yeah. kind of company we're in. So, Imagine yeah. what happens if we get a recovery. No one will pick up a dog turd ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, folks, don't pay someone to pick up your dog turds. You can put a doggy septic tank in for like about for two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, throw it in your compost pile. Yeah, uh, that's three ranks stuff to compost. Anyway, yeah. Greg, I want to let you get back to the grind so you can grind it out and get back to doing what you love, which is making music. You want to tell folks how they can get the songs that we heard today and more? Yeah, I, uh, right now, all these songs are free. What I'm doing is I'm putting them up on the website revolutionrockandroll.com, and I'm also rolling them out for digital distribution on iTunes. That, that may come a little bit later. Usually it takes a couple of weeks to get them out. On that, on iTunes, and I think on iTunes they're actually 99 cents. But um, what I'm doing is, if you like the songs, if you get more than two or three of them and you listen to them, uh, just asking that you consider buying the album, which is the same thing, only it comes with all the songs. And what I'm going to be doing is incrementing the price of the album as I add songs to the catalog. And when I get about eight or nine songs up there, uh, the album is going to be uh, the primary way that, that you're going to get the music so you know but right now i just want to get them out there i want to get them played i'm not i'm not interested in making uh a ton of money uh off these tunes exactly and i I tell you i'm still donating 10 percent um of the uh of what i what i bring home uh any kind of net profit to uh various um organizations um lately i've been giving it to uh uh to the um gun owners of america and NRA, so, but you know, it's gone. I've I've sent some money to Ron Paul, and uh, and to some other candidates uh, that you know I try to do it nationally, uh, something that's going to affect everybody. And I'm you know so that because folks are downloading the songs and from buying, all over, yeah, sure. Yeah. So and and I take suggestions. There's a there's a 
a form on the site too. Where I, you know, well, real, can, real quick know. as we wrap up, I think the donation to Ron Paul is important. I had a guy ask me the other day. He said, "You said you've written several checks to Ron Paul's campaign. He's the only politician you've ever backed, and you don't believe he can win. So why are you backing him? Because I think his message is more important than whether he wins or loses. And I think if I look at it today compared to where we were five years ago." There's a hell of a lot more awareness, and I think it's all due to his campaign. I agree. I agree. There's nothing wrong with it, and and I'm not even so sure he can't win. I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I, I, I'm almost afraid. You know, like when you're a little kid and you have that crush on that girl, and you want to ask her out or whatever, and you bring <laughs> yourself to it because you'd rather have it be a belief. Uh, then have it dashed in the rocks. That's where I'm at. I don't want to fully believe in the possibility yet yeah, because yeah. it's such a, it's such a great dream. Anyway, you mentioned another site you have. You want to give it a plug as well? You've got a, a forum there on ultralight fishing. Yeah, I started. Um, I love fishing. We've talked about fishing a lot, and uh, and I like all sorts of fishing, and I do um, I do all sorts of fishing. But there's a guy here in town who sort of invented this. It, it's extreme ultralight fishing, and he actually takes a he has a book. His name's Joe Robinson, and he takes uh, fly rod blanks, uh, one and two weight fly rod blanks, and these old reels, and um, builds these amazing uh, rods. And this guy's just a—he's just a wizard. And I've, I've, I'm lucky enough to, to to get to know him, and uh, kind of dedic- I've dedicated this website to him to to thread lining this style of fishing. And um, so, if you like ultralight fishing, or or really any kind of uh, fly fishing or ultralight. Uh, spin ca- cast fishing, um, you know, it's a really cool, there's a lot of cool information. It's a whole different way of doing it if you're kind of getting bored, you know. Yeah, when you told me about it, I ran over and I was all happy to tell my story about catching 12-pound snook on 4-pound line with a light-action rod, and I realized I was completely out of my <laughs> These guys are throwing quarter-pound weight line, and yeah, uh, it, it's amazing some of the things you can do with those rods. So that's a great forum. If you guys want to learn more about that, please check it out. I'll have links to both of Greg's websites today in the show notes. Hey, Greg, thanks for being here. This is one of the more uh, fun interviews I've ever done. Well, I appreciate it, Jack. I was hoping it would be. I, I thought it might be a little different when, uh, when I went and filled out your form. <laughs> So, uh, well, he kept emailing me. How do I get on the show? Fill out the form, dummy. That's how everybody gets on the show. Well, I mean, you know, I don't have you know a specific expertise in the survival area, but I have been a big participant and a longtime listener, and uh, uh, have undergone a transformation. I think, um, and you know, I really owe a lot of it to, to you and to the podcast and the members. Uh, of TSP. They've been great and I get a lot of great feedback from them and I still kind of look at TSP as, as sort of my core uh, family of, of folks that I like to uh, to run my tunes by first and if I don't get a thumbs up from them then it really probably doesn't go out. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Thank you again for being here and I think that we need probably to do more interviews with folks just like you. I don't look for people to be experts. I look for people that are living the life. And experience the transformation. I think the audience really enjoys hearing that as well. So, again, thanks for being here with us today. You got it. All right, folks, with that, it's been Jack Spirico along with Greg Yow's helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't.
Nobody up 